0: Welcome to the Become a Part-Time Millionaire podcast. I'm your host and New Yorican CEO coach, Kirsten Roldan, and I help build female-founded businesses all day. I believe you can be a millionaire while working part-time with the right team, systems, and mindset. Get ready for my guests and I to show you how. You will also receive business and mindset coaching from a female Hispanic serial entrepreneur. That's me, so that you can do the same. Yeah. Hello, part-time millionaires. I am so excited to have a repeat podcast guest. And that's because we stay creating wins for clients, all kinds of wins, okay? No one-trick ponies over here. Gina Knox has been on the podcast before talking about million dollar email and how email just like super changed her business, all the things. But today we're having her on the podcast to talk about her experience inside my scaling mastermind. And you're going to see some similarities (laughs) because just like how she was super anti-email, she was also super anti-team and systems. So you're going to see some similarities and we're going to talk about her experience and how she's grown and the results she's created and all the things. So Gina, introduce yourself to those that don't know you. Hi, everyone.
1: My name is Gina Knox. I'm a financial coach. I have two programs, Six Figure Saver and my Wealth Mastermind coming up. And I help people save $100,000 and then go create seven-figure wealth portfolios. So that's a little bit about me.
0: Like it's nothing. Like it truly, truly. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So, okay. I I just, I want to talk about all of it. I want to start with when you joined the mastermind. Actually, let's start before. So for those that don't know, Gina was one of my one-on-one clients for a very long time. We worked together for years at this point. And she was a one-on-one client and I was starting a mastermind and I was no longer doing one-on-one coaching. And I mentioned that to her. I said, I will no longer be doing one-on-one coaching. All right, she's looking away. She's looking away in shame. In shame. She said, I'm no longer doing one-on-one coaching. Uh, or I said, I said that I'm no longer doing one-on-one coaching. Moving forward, you will have to, if you want to work with me, you'll have to move into my mastermind. It's a team systems and mindset mastermind. And <laughs> I got a boxer that said, I don't think I should have to join a team systems mastermind. I don't know if that's something that I want and I don't know if I need it. And I was like, I'm going to give her a day. (laughs) And I didn't respond. You gave me a whole weekend.
1: I think I dropped that on like a Friday. It was like a Friday. And
0: I was like, I'm going to let her cool off. I'll let her take the weekend. What were your thoughts? Tell me what was coming up for you then in that moment.
1: I think, well, first of all, I was very much like, no, I just want a one-on-one coach. Uh, Yeah. A little bit of that whiny energy. Um, And then I was like, well, wait a minute. No, I do want a one-on-one coach, like just without the whiny. I kind of got over the whiny for a second. And I started to evaluate that. And I was like, okay, actually, let's grow up for a minute. What do I want moving forward in my business? And I really started thinking, no, I do want a one-on-one coach. And why. And I then I kind of got kind of sad, like the stages of grief. You totally. know, <laughs> then I was like, no, oh, and that's kind of sad. Cause like I want to keep working with Kirsten, but I want a one-on-one coach. And I i messaged DL,
0: who's my Dale
1: Sharon and I, I don't know what came up, but I messaged her and she smacked some sense into me. She was like, Gina, shut. Um uh, <laughs> well let's, ground, what are you this. let's about. ground this.
0: When I was offering one-on-one coaching, I only offered one call a month, one one-to-one call a month, and it was right. group calls. So you were only getting one one-to-one call a month. And that's what she said. She's <laughs> like, Gina, the
1: one-on-one coaching is so what you're just gonna lose one monthly call. Right. Because yeah, your one-on-one coaching was a monthly sixty minute call and then weekly group calls with all your other one on one clients. So it what basically already was a mastermind right. <laughs> and she was like are you are you really gonna make that decision? Like, let's grow up for a minute and And then I had a thought, which is a very powerful thought. If any of you guys listening to this have coaches, <laughs> it's this thought has made me hundreds of thousands of dollars. My thought was, No, I think I'm just gonna trust my coach. Like, fine. She says I need stupid team and systems and mindset. Well, the mindset I was already bought in on. But she says I need a stupid team. Fine. Like, what if she's right? And she's never been wrong. So I'm just gonna trust my coach. And if you've listened to the the podcast episode that we did on Million Dollar Email, it was the same thought. I was like being whiny about having to write emails. And then I just thought, no, I'm just gonna trust my coach and do it. And I've noticed actually a meta thought as I move along in my business, as I scale, I don't have time to argue with my coaches. I don't have the energy to argue with them anymore. I'm just going to take the coaching and move on. And the faster I do that, like the faster we make money. So we're just done. We're done arguing. Mm, I don't pay so I pay you
0: too much money to argue. <laughs> <laughs> really, like does it help you? Does it help you? And we have to something I always tell my clients, they always repeat it back to me, it does me no good. It does me literally no good as a business coach to give you a strategy or anything that is not going to be good for your business. And so uh I always I always say that and they always have to repeat it back to me. Yes, I remember. Yes. I remember you then responding to me and saying, okay, like I'm a little more open to it. And then I hit her with, well, you're not qualified yet for the mastermind. (laughs) Are you kidding? (laughs) Slam in the face. I said, you have no team. You need at least one team member for the mastermind. And then the coaching began. (laughs) Okay. I don't feel like it was that dramatic. (laughs) Wait, hold on. Let me, let me just say. Before we get into that, for one thing, uh, you know, Gina mentioned like, "Oh, I'm just going to trust my coach." At that point, Gina came to me with a 30k a year business and walked out of maternity leave into a six-figure company. <laughs> so this isn't like, right? This isn't it wasn't a blind trust. Like we had proven results together at this point. No, we'd been working together over a year. And, yeah. And and that truly was the next step for you and i wouldn't i something i reiterated to you when you reached out to me was like i would not recommend you into it if you weren't ready for it i was willing and this goes for you know for anyone whoever this is helpful for i was willing to take the l on any one-on-one clients that didn't want to i had coached myself to be okay with whoever doesn't come with me is fine it's totally fine but you genuinely were ready for it and so now the reason why i gave the the dramatic like and then the coaching began is because you were anti-team. Tell us about that. Team, no team. Team, team no, no team. team. That's what
1: Gina claims. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, team, no team." I think that okay. Let's let's talk about where that came from, and I think that the answer will surprise even you, Kirsten. So, I' going to go back. I worked for five years at QuickBooks, which is an accounting company, and. In my time there I interviewed hundreds literally like over 400 CFOs, entrepreneurs, founders, all of it. And and I I didn't have to work at QuickBooks to know this, but payroll is the number one expense for small business owners in the United States. QuickBooks payroll processes one out of nine paychecks in the United States, which is crazy, right? So I'm like, payroll is expensive. I know that. When I Started working at QuickBooks in 2016, 16, 17, 17. I read a couple like business books because I'm like, I'm starting a new job. I want to know more about the sector. And I read, and you're going to laugh because I'm going to laugh because it's so cringy. I read a four hour work week. And in four hour work week, the whole book is just like talking about making a business, no team or very lean team. And like, Scaling and like the whole purpose is to scale your profit. Right. And I think, even though I have moved on from four hour work week and that mentality, I think that there was still that thought of like profitability and moving forward without a team would be more profitable. And I want to pay myself more and I want to keep winning like that. And there were all these other thoughts about I just don't want to manage a team, I don't want to manage people that seems like a lot of work. Like I'm easier to manage by myself, all of that. So I think that there were those two, like the profitability aspect and just the idea of like, I'm a lone wolf. (laughs) I'm a lone wolf. And I just want to just be my, I just want to do my little thing. I just want to be a coach kind of thing.
0: So good. I want to talk about, because that's, that's what a lot of people uh you know struggle with is the idea of like payroll is expensive and i would rather be profitable so how did you get yourself to that first step of you know i i want to be profitable but i'm going to move forward and potentially not be profitable for a time how did you get to that first step and then we'll talk yeah. about after i think i don't know if this is advice
1: <laughs> but i think it was just a little bit of like again like no i'm just going to trust my coach right now that's it Like, I don't have to be profitable. Okay, fine. Like, and by the way, I'm still profitable. Like, I'm still paying myself. It's not like the profitability went away. It's just that I had this thought that, like, I could have been more profitable. And that is, you know, debatable. But uh, (laughs) no, I think it was a little bit of, and I think this happens whenever you're starting a new phase of business or you're coming up on a growth edge. I think that it's really valuable to borrow your coach's belief at the beginning when you don't have any belief. I tell my clients all the time, like I have tons of clients who want to save 100K, but they just can't quite believe it yet. And I'm like, listen, you can't phase me. I am unshakable in my belief. So if you need to borrow mine for a little while, while you build up yours, do that. So I think I just kind of borrowed your belief a little bit like, okay. I don't feel like my life is that hard that a team member would make it that much easier. And I don't feel like I necessarily need the team to scale, but maybe I do. And y'all, <laughs> <laughs> now, if I didn't have my team, I would be crumbling. Right. I'm sitting here like,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you don't need so to team. So I had scale. all these
1: thoughts about, I literally had all these thoughts like, I can just keep going like this. No, 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 no. I could not have. I would be crumbling right now without my team. I really oh my- want to spend
0: I, I really want to spend time here because this is honestly and you're not the only one. For one thing, you know, there were mastermind clients that had the exact same thoughts. I would rather move forward more profitably. My life isn't going to isn't that hard right now. Right, there is definitely like that I have plenty of those people in my audience that can definitely resonate with that. I also have clients and audience members who have leaned back their team has, have pulled back their team from the same thought, which is life isn't that hard. I don't have that much that I'm doing. And I would rather be more profitable. Oh, I just had a thought.
1: Yeah. Especially like when you phrase it that way, like from people pulling back their team or reducing team hours, or maybe letting team members go. Cause like they don't have that much going on. I'm like you, then you need bigger goals. Then you got to get more going on.
0: Right. You got to get more (laughs) going on. You have to lead. You have have to to, like utilize the team. Yes. And this is where a lot of times uh, if you are in your leadership and you are leading your company, you will always have something for your team to do. You will always have a new system that's being built. You will always have things working. But that first step, I think there's there's two things. And I'm spending time here for a reason because I think it's so important and so valuable for people There's something to be said about being okay with less profit. For example, I am willing, and I say this in million dollar, in the, in the mastermind, million dollar CEO, I say this in the portal. Uh, I say I am willing to spend thousands of dollars in my life and I am willing to do that for what I'm able to do and not do anymore in my life, like cleaning my house, things like that. Like I'm willing to spend so much money on that. I don't care about my profit because of what it gives me, what I'm paying for and what it gives me, right? So starting there. So there's something to be said about being okay with less profit, but something that I teach masterminders right right at the top is if you're doing it right? Your hire is gonna be a drop in the bucket. It's gonna be a drop in the bucket. That payroll is actually not going to be expensive. It's going to be a drop in the bucket. I have clients who tell me they would pay more. You actually recently went through your ops manager, did a price raise. And um, we talked about that. And I and you were like, yeah, sounds good. Like I have clients that are like, I would pay people more, right? B- because of how much this takes off my plate and how powerful this is. And so I just think that's important to note too, for people. Any, any thoughts on that? I had a thought um, about what you said earlier.
1: I'm willing to let go of profit. And I was thinking about all the ways that we do that in our personal lives, like with lifestyle creep, right? I'm willing to not save as much money because I want to go on vacations. And I, and that's valuable to me. I'm willing to like save less money because I, drive a really expensive car. Yeah, I fucking love that car. Are you joking? <laughs> it's the most amazing car. You have a and, great car. <laughs> and I'm intentionally like, yeah, I'm just going to spend more money on it. So there's so many other ways that we already do that in our lives. So true. And um and so I I think that that's an interesting perspective. It's like this isn't a new concept. This is just a new area that you're applying the same concept.
0: 100% and I I remember always feeling like that even as a side hustler I had a VA and it was because I'm like no like I am willing even though I was making not money like I was not making money at that time and I was like it doesn't matter I'm willing to pay for this I'm willing to do it right and so uh I just think that's so important to note with that said what did you do to pay the hire off because we also don't hire just to just to hire, either like we're, we usually have a goal for our hire. We have, we are using our team and our systems to make more sales. That's the point. Otherwise, why do we have them? Right. We're doing it to make more sales. So, how did you use your ops manager to make more sales? I think it's interesting. And I'm going to
1: change the way you phrase the question yes. intentionally. I don't think of it as like paying my ops manager off because mm-hmm. I don't have an end date for my ops manager in my mind. So there's not a f- pay in full number. It's more of a monthly number and it has recently doubled and yeah. that's fine. So I think about like, okay, how can I make that much or more money, more a month? Wow. That was a tongue twister. To how can I make how much they charge me and more each month, mm-hmm. knowing that also there's months that are down months and that's fine. And I think that um, for me with my operations manager, the way that I have been able to increase my revenue so that she's paid easily is through a couple of things. Um, first, I've had her implement really strong like customer and client management systems. So our customer support... And our billing and following up with failed payments, which just happen and making sure that all of our clients are happy all the time or as most of, most of the time as they can. And, um, and just that alone, by the way, is like gold because as we all know, especially with group programs or especially with people with payment plans, as we scale, you're just going to have more failed payments. That's normal. It's not a problem, but it was going to be impossible for me to follow up on all of those things. Like at a certain point, I can't follow up with everyone and remember who's where and what. So she has done that. And then I would say the other big thing, and that was kind of more at the beginning when I first started working with her. And then I would say working on larger projects together has really been the thing. So um, a while ago, we implemented a couple systems for capturing client testimonials and client wins in a way because we get so many wins coming in through our Slack channel all the time that I cannot keep track of them. So she captures them and organizes them. And that may seem so inconsequential. But then I turn around and I have a launch and I want to show like client screenshots and they're all organized. Yeah. And I know exactly, and I don't have to go through Slack and screenshot and spend two hours screenshotting. I just go into the portal and I download the things and I send them to the designer and they go on the sales page, right? So it's little things like that where like the process of selling is smoother. Mm -hmm. And when the process of selling is smoother and I have to do less... I can spend more time thinking about the process of selling and make more money. And getting
0: even more creative. Like, how are we going to use the wins this time? Am I going to do it in a different Mm -hmm. way? You're not spending your time collecting and formatting them. Instead, you're spending them thinking about how you're going to use them. And that's the difference that it makes.
1: And I would say that this applies in so many ways. Like in our recent launch, we offered a 24-hour fast action bonus where you would schedule a one-on-one call with me. And I knew going into that, that I had my OBM to support me with the scheduling of it all. Mm -hmm. And we had a problem with Calendly because systems sometimes break and I forgot to set it up the right way. And we had calls scheduled on a day that I'm taking off. So I just said, hey, OBM, reschedule all these people, please. You have access to my account. Just do it. I don't have to individually email 10 people and say can you find a new time? I just took that all off my plate. Um or like email scheduling. I've written all my emails cuz I'm an emailer now. <laughs> yeah. Million dollar emailer and all I do, literally all I do is write an email and then I click ready to schedule in my software and then the rest is done. My OBM formats it, uploads it, schedules it. And then it gets sent. So, like, it's just every task is shorter because I have her. And all of that time matters so much, especially as you're scaling.
0: So, I'm hearing yes, calendar space is everything, honestly. And it's the only way you're going to scale really peacefully because you need the calendar space to think and work on your business. That's why you need that calendar space. You had mentioned, Designer. Okay, so we went from nothing to ops manager to to design. Oh, that's right. (laughs) And we're talking and we're talking about profitability and things like that. You know, how quickly did you? I mean, clearly you paid off. I'm using that quote unquote. You paid off the hire. You you started using them to make more sales. How quickly did you see a result from that hire? Like, how quickly did you see more sales after hiring to then be able to confidently hire your next person? I'm like, let me pull up my spreadsheet.
1: I can't even remember. <laughs> it feels like such a blur, and like, kind of in a good
0: way. Right? And it's been moving fast because over the past six months, I mean, you've since had a 50k plus launch, which we'll talk about. Like a 60k. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. 60k. Okay, let me not forget. Don't um, discount my 10. <laughs> right? No, that that makes a difference. No, a 60k launch. I mean, you've done so much. It's true. You're you're scaling and this is going to be spicy, but I wonder if it would have been this fast if you didn't get the team and systems together. I
1: don't think so. And here's why I'm looking at my spreadsheets, actually. So 2022, I did 275, Mm -hmm. which was amazing. 156 of that came from one-on-one coaching. So a pretty big chunk of it came from one-on-one coaching. And And I'm literally looking at the dates of when I onboarded my one-on-one clients. I only onboarded four one-on-one clients after hiring my OBM. And since hiring my OBM, I've really been focused on my groups. Scaling groups is a different ballgame with the amount of stuff The amount of stuff that happens with your systems, the amount of stuff that happens with customer support, or like I was saying earlier, failed payments or call schedules, like all of that, because it's literally just more people, right? Like I have 75 people in my group program right now and a mastermind. And so it's funny that I'm looking at these numbers and I'm like, oh, I really slowed down with one on one coaching since I hired my OBM. And for a moment, that meant that my profitability dipped. And that was intentional, right? Like I was okay with that. And now it's going to skyrocket because the selling, the group is more scalable. And I wouldn't have been able to do that without my team. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that if I hadn't hired back in August of last year, I would not be having 60K launches and I would not be having plans to do group selling this year to hit my goals. I would be in 10 one-on-one calls a week.
0: So good that you don't even think you would be. It's so interesting that you say that because it's so true in that I always say like you need team and systems to scale. And I always try to make that as tangible as possible for people. Like what exactly that means, how it tactically looks like, how team and systems tactically help you. And this is such a great example of people. And it's so true. I have so many people that come to me that are like, I'm not even thinking about like doing even a scalable offer because I don't think I could because I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to do that. And it's so interesting how we'll stay in our one-to-one offers for that reason, simply because we don't have a team and systems to, to grow.
1: I want to pull up this number. I'm looking again at my spreadsheets. 16 plus 31 is what? 16 plus 31. I've onported 47 group client, no 47, 48, 49, 49 group clients since hiring my OBM. I'm like, I don't know wow. how I would manage those people. 49 people is a lot more than like the 21 on one clients I had last year.
0: So and, lot, and, less, so, so and it's only group, February. 49 group clients. And what, give me the number from before, from like January to August, how many group clients did you enroll?
1: Yeah let me pull that for you right now january to august this
0: is just so good for everyone to see like
1: it's so good it's so so good 25 20 you doubled
0: yeah you're yeah. doubled after hiring your team and systems. Literally doubled your client base, which is what I talk about. <laughs> I mean, even
1: just like on another note, right now there's 74 active clients in my in my Six Figure Saver Slack channel. Last year, all of last year, there was never more than like 20, 25. Wow. As people cycle in and out. And I'm like, yeah, managing triple the amount of people in a Slack channel also requires... Like my OBM is in my Slack channel also handling customer support.
0: Right Text when that support, comes up, links yeah things come up totally exactly. Right, so, it's not people don't realize it's not just coaching. A lot of times that they're doing, a lot of times they're doing coaching and operations. Literally doing operations. Right. So and I
1: will say that like there's still parts where I'm still in the operations, but yeah. If my operations manager just said take it all over, I would. <laughs> I can't even imagine that. First of all, that would never happen because I would just right. hire a different operations manager. But right. if they did. I, yeah, it's definitely not just about scaling the amount of coaching time that you're doing.
0: So good. So you doubled your client base. So you were someone that was, you know, not scared to scale, but like a little apprehensive. Like you're like, I don't know, do I want a whole big business? Do I want all that? I'm not sure. We've talked about that for years. Now you have double your client base. you got a team now. You have systems. It's like, ooh, big business things, million-dollar CEO things. How do you feel? Does it feel stressful like you thought it would be?
1: Oh, yeah. No, that's a good question. Definitely not stressful like I thought it would be. And I can't, like, y'all, I sound like such a, I don't know, such a Kirsten Stan. And I am. But I'm like, but legitimately... I have my team Slack channel, right? And if anything that is stressful comes up, I just delegate it. (laughs) Right. So, So I would say that like, it's a little bit, I think the word that came to mind is invigorating because I was just on my coaching call with my clients and it's a full Zoom room. Full of people, and I'm coaching people on things that I've never had to coach on. So I'm getting better as a coach, and I'm thinking about new concepts, and I'm getting to spend so much time just with them and thinking about them. And I wouldn't have been able to do that with continuing to do all the admin and operations tasks. And and there was something else about my Slack channel that I wanted to say. It's like. Oh, it's like when you get in a groove with your team and everyone's doing what and everyone knows what each other is doing. We recently implemented a daily standup in our Slack channel where every single day, the three of us answer a set of questions. what did you do yesterday? What are you working on today? Are you blocked by anything? Are you waiting right. on anybody else? So that we just all know, oh, okay, I know this person's working on that, or I know she's waiting for me to finish this task, so I better prioritize it. And it's like, we're just in this groove. So it's not stressful. It's like, it really is like movement <laughs> invigorating. We're, we're we're moving. And to your earlier point about like, do I really want to grow my business? Do I really like a little bit of scaling anxiety? I think that that can come in when you think about the entirety of your business. If you're scaling to 500K or scaling to a million and you think about every task that needs to be done, And I think it's easy as a CEO to like have mental lists of everything that needs to be done. And I'm still working on that. But when you have a team and you feel confident that your systems and your policies are in place to support your team so they know what they need to do and they're not stressed out either, it's like, okay, I can let go of that mental load and... And I can still decide I want a smaller business, but not because I think a bigger business will be stressful. Mm, So like, I think you're still allowed to say, no, this is just not what I want. But I don't want it to be a thing where I say I don't want a million dollar business because it'll be stressful. Like, I would rather say, no, a million dollar business could be peaceful. And I still want something else. Yeah. But so far, that's not been the case.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so good. That brings me to how have you changed as a CEO since joining the Mastermind?
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay. When was this? I think this was sometime last fall. I was talking to my husband and I'm like, damn, like I'm a whole ass CEO. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Ooh, I have a... T- honey, I have a team meeting. (laughs) I have a team meeting and we're working on our onboarding systems or this, that, and the other. Or actually, this is a really good example. This got me really excited because when I worked in corporate, Right. I would have my leadership team and they would give me a task or a project and I would do the project and then we'd have this big presentation meeting and I would present my work and I would get feedback and then I would go do something else. Right. So um, and this is so small, but it felt so big. So we had a couple hiccups with some failed payments where our automations didn't work. So I told my operations manager, "Hey, I want you to do a full end-to-end failed payments project and just like follow a customer journey through all the possible outcomes and make sure we have an automation or a policy in place to capture everyone and that it's automated so that you and I don't have to like scramble, okay?" So I asked her to do that. I asked her how much time it would take her. She gave me a good deadline. And I said, okay, that sounds great. On our team meeting, she goes, okay, I'm ready to present. She shared her screen. She walked me through it. end to end, I had some questions, we clarified it, and then we moved on. And I was like, oh my God, I had a team member present to me (laughs) because I was always the person presenting to leadership. And so it's like, oh yeah, I'm a whole CEO.
0: (laughs) It feels so good. Yeah. You're (laughs) like, so good. Oh, yes. I love, you know, really stepping into like the million dollar CEO energy. I honestly, for myself, and I'm curious if you felt the same, but the way I lead my business is oftentimes the way I lead my life. And when I'm really disorganized and all over the place in my business, I tend to be the same in my life or vice versa. Right. And it is really powerful how the million dollar CEO business energy just completely can. Uplift your life as well, which I just love. With talking about being a CEO and all those things, I want to talk about being CEO optional. You took a vacation, a no laptop vacation. Tell us about that.
1: It was so fun. By the way, y'all, this
0: is all in six months. Can I just say that? This is all in six months. (laughs) There's been a lot. I'm like trying to get all of it. I we haven't even talked about the launch yet. Tell us about the the vacation. (laughs) It was so fun. I truly
1: had fun. Like, oh, I cannot, I feel like it's really been a minute. And with the pandemic and we're all stuck inside and all that. So I like, oh, I really, really enjoyed that. We took a week in October to go to New York. My husband's from New York. We had a baptism party to go to for some family. And we took our one and a half year old. And I know that there's so many tropes about like, oh, traveling with toddlers is awful. And But we just had so much fun traveling with her. She loved it. We stayed in Brooklyn a couple nights. And then we stayed in a really swanky hotel with a room that overlooked Central Park. And then we stayed in Hoboken because his family's in New Jersey. And like, oh my, we just had so much fun. We just had so much fun. I didn't bring my laptop at all. We went out to breakfast every day and like took the baby to parks and and it was really nice. I remember too one of the going back to like the CEO before my vacation. I this again, it just tickles, it just tickles me because it's so fun. I got to tell my OBM, like, oh, I'm going on vacation. Can you reach out to everyone on my schedule and reschedule them, please? Thank you. Ah. I felt so good. Just like I don't have to manage my schedule. I have someone to help me. And I think a couple things came up and she just posted them in the Slack for when I got back. And I told her like if anything is really blowing up, which I don't think it should, you can text me, but she never did and it was all just fine. Just fine. Yeah, Nothing went it wrong. It. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so excited for my next vacation. My husband and I are going to Italy and Greece for 2 weeks for a wedding. And then we're going to go back to Greece later this summer. So we're going to spend like two, two to three week vacations.
0: We counted nine weeks. We Mm -hmm. counted nine weeks today of vacations. That's nearly a quarter. And I'm sure more will come up too. That's nearly a quarter off.
1: No way. (laughs) Yeah, Is 12 weeks a quarter? 12 weeks is a quarter. And I'm also taking like two days off this weekend. Right, like-, like
0: it's you're gonna get those three weeks. Oh my god, that's gonna crazy. add up. Yeah, where you'll have a whole quarter off your business total yeah. because you're building it to be CEO optional, which we have things we're gonna be working on, which we'll talk about. But I want to also talk about your 60k launch and systems and how you used your team for your 60k launch. How did you use your team and systems for to create 60? thousand dollars, which okay. by the way, was my salary in healthcare <laughs> a little under, but just under my salary. Like that is
1: ridiculous. So first of all, I want to give credit. It wasn't my 60 K launch. It was our 60 K launch. Cause my whole team, it wasn't me. It wasn't just me. I was just one part of it. Right. <laughs> right. So, um, the planning, so my launch just closed on Sunday night, the 20th, Uh, the 19th, February 19th. And the cart opened on February 3rd. We started planning it on December 5th. So we started two months ahead of time with a team meeting between my designer, my OBM, and I, and we mapped out all the dates. And my team, they're like not they're not fluffy. They're just like, okay, Gina, what are the dates? (laughs) Okay, when are you doing this? When are you doing that? And we just like sat down and made all the decisions. When is the cart opening? When is the cart closing? When is the webinar? What time? What day? How long? Because my OBM needed to schedule it. So we just like, boom, 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 made all the decisions. And then on that meeting, we delegated out the work for the entire next two months, which included, Gina, you need to write all your emails by the end of December. On the first week, of January, we're launching the announcement that we're having a masterclass by this week. Gina, you need to finish the content for the webinar. Like it was funny because, like, we spent that planning meeting, and then I got assigned ClickUp tasks. Like my team was like, "No, you need to get this done by this day." And I think that that's also an interesting thing too. I'm not sitting there delegating everything; they're delegating tasks to me.
0: Oh, that's so good. That's an important thing to to mention because a lot of times when we talk about leadership and being a good CEO and all those things, a lot of times people are like, you know, I need to delegate better and things like that. And it's interesting because, you know, we teach delegation, we teach a delegation framework inside the mastermind, but also I've had to tell clients like you need to be You're getting a little too detailed when you delegate. You need to let your team delegate to you based on what you give them. So I love that you said that because that's something we teach in the mastermind is how can you delegate the minimum required, but then have your team be able to think and know exactly what to delegate after you. And I think it's
1: really helpful to have a project to do that, right? Like we all knew we had this project and we all knew the scope of the project and my team knew my goals. And so they could then help me take everything that we needed to get done and they could help me sequence it. Like my designer said, well, my design team needs 10 days to do your masterclass like, uh, content, the, the slides. So you need to be done by this day so that we have a time for revision before the masterclass, right? So it's funny because you were saying something earlier about like the way I run my businesses, the way I run my life. I tend to be kind of messy. Like I'm like a messy creative. Like my desk always has too many things on it. <laughs> like I just, I have so, I'm a little bit messy. And so my team, and that doesn't have to be a problem. Like I can have the big idea for the launch and all these ideas. And then my team can sit down with me and say like, no, here's the sequence. And we need this done by this day. So you need to finish that by this day. And then we'll move forward. So, yeah, I think like this launch was so organized, which is counter my I'm messy thought because my team is so organized and we got everything done. And this was actually I don't know if you want to go into this, but this was a really interesting side effect of that because I had never done a launch where everything was done before. Like I was always writing emails while I was launching. I was always doing the masterclass content the day before the masterclass. This time, everything was done like three weeks ahead of time. That by the time the cart opened, yes, it was very peaceful. But I was also like, what's going on? Like, I'm not in it. What's the pulse? Because I'm not writing the emails. And it was so interesting just how like there's always new mindset things to coach on regardless of the circumstance, right? Yes, it was so peaceful. But I also had these weird thoughts about like not being in it. And so now I know I need to coach myself
0: on that before my next launch. And then we're just going to keep going. I remember you being like, am I missing something? I'm like, welcome to being a CEO that's planned and organized and has systems and as a team. Like, welcome. You've arrived. No, I seriously
1: was like, I feel like I'm not in it. And Kirsten's like, yeah. (laughs) Like, that's kind of the point. CEO (laughs) optional. (laughs) CEO optional launch. I remember asking some friends too, like, do I just like wait for my emails to send now? Do I just like sit and wait for them to send?
0: And I remember, what do I do? I remember giving the, you the coaching of like, if you want to do something, you can do something. Like if you want to sell, just if you want to go live, go live. And you know, what's funny. What I, I did
1: do? like a live every day. I did a live. I did so many lives where I got people being like, Gina, what's your live strategy? And I'm like, my strategy is that I'm bored and I go live <laughs> when I have an idea. <laughs> like, there's no strategy. I'm just like hanging out here.
0: <laughs> so good. I always love how people ask you for like business strategy. It's so funny because you you tell me all the time, people are like, what about this strategy? What about that? And you're like, There's I'm no strategy. I don't know.
1: But I literally, I was just born. I had an idea and I said, okay, I'm gonna do it.
0: <laughs> this is so good. Oh my goodness. Okay. I wanna know why are you joining again?
1: Oh, I'm joining again because. I'm going for 500K this year with
0: groups. So like mm. one-on-one,
1: I still have a couple one-on-one clients, love my one-on-one clients, but I'm not really like, I'm not selling it. I yeah. may take a referral if I, maybe, but really the way I'm getting to 500K this year is with my groups. And as we've spoken about scaling your groups is not just about scaling the amount of time you're coaching. Oh. It comes with a lot of other stuff. And so we mapped out a, a good chunk of projects that need to get done this year. And I think we have like a list of five projects at the minimum that we're going to work on. And each of those projects has a team component, a systems component, and a mindset component. And yeah, like I could do it myself, but I like going back to like, but I don't really want to. <laughs> but I don't really yeah. want to do it myself. And there's still so many open questions about like my leadership style and how I want to become even more CEO optional and how I want to feel leading a team around like initiatives, not just managing tasks. Yeah. So that's why I've rejoined. And I also just love you. Oh, that was secondary though. Of course. But actually, actually, let me say something about that though. I, going back to like, I just trust my coach. I'm just going to trust my coach Mm -hmm. and, and we're not done yet. Yeah. What if that was reason enough? We're just not done yet.
0: Yeah. We're just not done yet. Totally. And I think the reason why I ask too, is because a lot of times people think, oh, like once I set up systems, like we're good. Right. And it's like, we'll set up a systems project fast. Like we'll get that. That's, that's the fat. That's the easy part. Right. There's also the. First of all, you'll never be done doing team systems and mindset work. Like you'll just never be done with that. You're always going to do that as you're scaling. And also the leadership side of things, the thinking and operating like a million dollar CEO as things inevitably come up as you're scaling. Something we talked about was having the peace of mind and the calendar space to where whatever comes up when you're scaling is 100% worth it and you feel so good about it because you're in your million-dollar CEO energy, Like, there's always that to work on as well. And I'm really excited to keep doing that work with you. And it's just good for anyone that feels... I, I wanted to bring this up as well because I would consider you a pretty techy, systems person. Even though you didn't have systems, you got them pretty quickly. And like you were, I, I just, I know you're creative, but you're also pretty techie and systemsy. I worked with engineers for five years in Silicon totally. Valley. I, I, I speak engineering. And it's funny that you say that because I've had people say to me, like I was in the tech industry, like I'm a techie person. I have systems. I have automations, like I'm good. But I also wanted to say, if you're, if that's you, if you're someone that, uh, you know, feels similar to Gina in that way, let's work on your leadership. Right. Let's work on your million-dollar CEO energy. Let's work on being as as efficient as possible. Let's work on your lifestyle team. Like, there's still so much that we can work on inside the mastermind. And so, yeah. Can I just say too about systems, like And I think this you had this in a podcast
1: episode recently. Systems aren't isn't just tech. Systems is a collection of decisions that then you use tech to execute. And so, even if you're techie like there's always going to be coaching around the decisions that you make and how that tech is executed. So like, yeah, I have systems for onboarding my clients and I have systems for offboarding my clients, but I only have those because I made decisions about how I want that process to go. And what if I changed those decisions, right? There's constant maintenance and constant changes and new, like I'm revamping all my systems for my
0: mastermind, this new launch. So yeah. I was going to say, and you will change your systems. Like that yeah. happened to to this past launch. I'm like, oh no, I'm now I've done a whole round. My systems are going to be completely different this time. Like, here's what I'm going to do. It's so true. Uh, there's consistent decision-making to make. What do you recommend for someone thinking about joining Million Dollar CEO, the mastermind? Okay. This
1: is how I coach my clients because my clients always come to me with investing decisions because they have money mindset drama and I'm a money coach, right? So my, oh, I'm going to share this too. I really like this. A lot of people have thoughts about over-investing in their business and like, over, I don't want to over-invest. And I think they think it's about profitability, like how much money they're spending. My perspective, and I teach this in Six Figure Saver, is that a $99 e-course could be an overinvestment because an overinvestment is only when you buy something you don't need. And that doesn't matter what the price is. So on the flip side, instead of centering the money, I want you to think about what does my business need from me? What skills do I need to acquire? What support do I need to hit my next income goal? And really sitting with that question. I think as I was thinking about that question for myself, when I, I think about a 500K year with groups, my business needs a co-coach. My business needs like live event systems that we're planning for in later in the year. My business needs very clear SOPs for all the scenarios for when I'm out of office, right? Like, yeah. do I really want to join a mastermind about team systems? I might, (laughs) no. I love it, Kirsten, but like, no, I don't. It's not that sexy. It truly isn't that sexy. I know you're all about romanticizing your offer and making it sexy. I don't think it's that sexy. (laughs) But I can remove my ego out of it and instead just ask, what is my business telling me that I need? What skills do I need to move forward? And it's not about what I want it's truly not about what I want. It's about what my business needs. So I would, if you're considering joining, I would really ask yourself and sit with that question and be honest with yourself. It's easy to lie to yourself (laughs) because yeah, in, in August, I was like, I don't need a team to scale. And now I would cry if I didn't have my team and I was scaling this fast. Right. So really be honest with
0: yourself. So good. Let people know where they can find you, Gina. Thank you so much. This was this was just like so generous, so good. And I really hope this was, I know this will be helpful for people. So thank you so much for being here and for sharing. Where can people find you?
1: You can find me at Co. I have to plug my website because it's gorgeous now because of my designer because I
0: have
1: a yes. team. <laughs> <laughs> Co. And that will take you to all the places. If you like to hang out on Instagram, you can follow me at Gina Knox, and. We can hang out there.
0: Amazing.
1: Thank you so oh, much. Gina. I also have a podcast. I can send you there too. Save Six Figures with Gina Knox is really good. I love my podcast.
0: <laughs> so so your have... podcast blew up too this past launch. You were posting so many things, and so many people were like, The podcast is amazing. I had people telling me how amazing your podcast was.
1: I had somebody who I did not know say, I binged your entire podcast in three days and then I decided to join. And I'm Wow. Like, yeah, that's
0: commitment. <laughs> that's so good. Oh, really cool. Gina. So amazing. Can't wait for your next 500k year. Thank you so much, Gina. Thank you.